we always up in the streets. That's where we be at. We be in the streets. Nah, nah, nah. I mean, like, yo, is, is anybody feeling y'all? Welcome to the Michael M. Hotep Show right here on the Empowerment Radio Network, where now is just power. Today is Thursday, January 5th, 2017. We are live today. A lot to talk about, a lot going on. Uh, some people saw the press conference. Uh, some people saw the press conference out of Chicago with the uh, teenagers who uh, kidnapped and uh, assaulted um, a uh, white mentally disabled um, teen. Okay, uh, I think he was mentally disabled. He had a press conference uh, today. The chief of police and other officers. Uh, crazy, crazy case. Out of Chicago, um, but on today's show, I want to—I did not get a chance to talk about some of this yesterday. Uh, the black teenager, uh, black female teenager, who was assaulted by a white police officer in McKinney, Texas, has filed a five million dollar lawsuit against the uh, white officer. We're going to talk about that. We remember uh, the McKinney, Texas case from uh, last year. And then uh, I was on Wake Up with Steve Hood this morning, and we talked about the New York Life Insurance Company and its legacy of uh, its ties to slavery, okay? And before we got into that discussion, we talked about, um, before we got into that discussion, we talked about um, Tala, the um, HBCU, Talladega, um Talladega College, their marching band has agreed to perform at the inauguration uh, for Donald Trump on January 20th. They're going to perform during the parade that takes place just after the inauguration ceremony. So Steve Hood asked me the question, should they perform in the inauguration? I'm going to share with you what my response was to that. Okay. So we'll talk about that. And then um, the NAACP, we talked briefly about this yesterday. Um, Cornell Williams Brooks and other members of the NAACP, they were arrested um, at Senator Jeff Sessions' office in Alabama. They were arrested on Tuesday, I think it was. And they're drawing attention to Senator Jeff Sessions and the fact that uh, he is unfit to be, um, he's unfit to be uh, attorney general, okay? We're going to talk about that some today as well. Uh, okay, so on the Michael M. Hotep show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right knowledge corrects wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you have been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man's thoughts, you can control the circumference of his actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Now, we deal with a number of different topics here on the show. We deal with current event history and politics, education, economic empowerment, 
entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828 to sign up for our email newsletter. Also go to our website, um, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, and uh, sign up for our email newsletter there at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TuneIn.com, and Periscope, and Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TuneIn.com, and Periscope, and Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. And, um, okay, also follow us on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network, also, okay? All right, we're now broadcasting on uh, Facebook today. Something happened. I don't know what. Some post or something is saying there's some post or maybe spam, but I'm blocked for 24 hours from posting on Facebook. I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm trying to find out. So we'll probably broadcast on Twitter uh, today. I'm going to get that set up. We'll probably broadcast on Twitter today. Uh, on Twitter, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P, or the A-H-N Show on Twitter, okay? Probably broadcast there. All right, I want to remind you, coming up Saturday, January uh, 14th at the uh, Jungle Juice Bar, 14929 Charlevoix Street in uh, Gross Point Park, Michigan. I'm doing a presentation. Uh, actually, I'm doing a double presentation, one on Dr. King, one on Malcolm X. The Distortion of the Legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., the Revolutionary, will not be televised. The Distortion of the Legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., the Revolutionary, will not be televised. And then uh, I'm also doing... Uh, presentation uh, on Malcolm X. Malcolm X uh, 50 years later, why is he still relevant? Okay, so it's a double presentation I'm doing, the Jungle Juice Bar. Um, we have the information at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com AfricanHistoryNetwork.com so you can check it out there, okay? Alright, well uh, many of you heard this story about uh, Historically Black College uh, Talladega um, you know Donald Trump has been having a hard time trying to get entertainers and marching bands and things like this to perform at the inauguration and during the parade so uh, thegrio.com has an article from uh, January 2nd 2017 uh, historically B black college said to participate in Trump's inauguration Historically black college said to participate in Trump's inauguration. Okay. And if you have a question or comment, you also give us a call 888-669-2281. 888-669-2281 is the calling number. If you have a question or comment. So um, in the article, they talk about how Talladega uh, College is marching tornadoes will be performing at the inauguration of Donald Trump on January 20th during the parade that takes place just after the inauguration uh, ceremony. Okay. Now, um, there was a statement released by, let's see, uh, Sarah Armstrong. Sarah Armstrong is the presidential inaugural, inaugural committee CEO. And she said, quote, people from every corner of the country have expressed great interest 
and President-elect Trump's inauguration and look forward to continue, continuing a salute to our public that spans more than two centuries. Okay, As participants follow in the footsteps of our new president and vice president down Pennsylvania Avenue, they will be adding their names to the long list of Americans who have honored our country by marching in the inaugural parade. Quote unquote. Now, while news that Talladega College will be performing has been circulating since last week, some officials have not yet confirmed whether the school had even been invited, much less whether or not they would be going. But already many are questioning whether the historically black college should perform at the inauguration, considering the controversy surrounding the president-elect, as many performers have refused to attend. The University of Tennessee's uh, uh, Pride of the Southern Band, uh, which has marched in every inaugural parade since Lyndon B. Johnson, except the most recent one in 2013, is also expected to perform in the parade. Now, this article is from January 2nd, uh, uh, January 2nd, uh, 2017. So I'm not sure if there is an updated story since then. And I'm going to check quickly here because uh, when Steve asked me this question this morning, I uh, wasn't expecting him to uh, ask this question. This was before we actually got started with the uh with the topic of the day but i want to i want to check this quickly see if there are any updated stories okay so because uh, i heard about this and i see aol that no, was al.com uh talladega uh college marching tornadoes talladega college marching tornadoes at trump inauguration um i see there's uh updates from four hours ago and one day ago uh, from al.com let's see one day ago it says they had not committed to sending uh, marching bands but uh, let me check something here there was an update from four hours ago we're gonna check this this is from al.com alabama.com Talladega marching tornadoes will attend Trump inauguration school president announces so this was announced today. Uh, this article was updated 11.20 a.m. today. Uh, the Talladega Marching Tornadoes will participate in President-elect Donald Trump's inaugural parade. The school's president announced Thursday morning. OK, quote, the lessons students can learn from this experience cannot be taught in a classroom. Uh, said President Billy Hawkins in the press release. We respect and appreciate how our students and alumni feel about our participation in this parade. As many of those who choose to participate in the parade have said, uh, we feel the inauguration of a new president is not a political event, but a civil ceremony celebrating the transfer of power, quote unquote. Okay, you can check out this article from al.com. Talladega College marching tornadoes will attend uh, Trump inauguration. School president announces. Okay, so Steve Hood asked me this question this morning on uh, 9:10 a.m. Wake up with Steve Hood. 
Here's uh, what I said. Amazing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they're dancing a jig for the white man at this, or is this... Well, I didn't call it dancing a jig, but they're there to do I mean, what? They're there to do what? To perform, but every, right? But everybody's there to perform. But even yeah. the white bands that come are there to perform. Well, he's upholding white supremacy, though. He's, he, 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 he said we're going to make America great again. What period of time is he talking about going back to when America was so great? He was asked that question in an in interview. He said uh, the uh, 1700s and 1800s, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, see, what we, at some point we have to realize just because something is good for them doesn't mean it's good for us. You actually understand your history. At some point we have to realize that. Okay? So, uh, no, they shouldn't go. You know, what, 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 what is Donald Trump's uh, plan to fund HBCUs? I'll wait. And a deafening silence fell over the room. Donald Trump, I, I saw over 100 speeches by Donald Trump. But, they're the the, but most of them are part of the state college systems. No, 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 no. In no, respect no, no, to the no, state. No, so how, no, will, no, how no. will he fund? I don't know. No, no. Hillary Clinton had a plan for, to fund HBCUs with $25 billion. It's on our website, HillaryClinton.com. I watched over 100 speeches by Donald Trump. I never, I never even heard him use the term HBCU. He didn't go to speak to any HBCUs. So before you go entertain somebody, the question I would ask is what plan do they have for your prosperity. What plan does he have to help fund HBCUs? I never heard him talk about it. Never heard him even mention the term HBCU. So, you know, in 2017, we have to be going along to get along is not going to be beneficial for African Americans because the agenda that's being set forth is not for you, is not for your prosperity. So why would you go along to get along? That doesn't make sense. See, we, we see in school we're taught to hold to uh, look at uh, George Washington as a hero. Well, George Washington was labeled as a terrorist by Great Britain and King George III and those that signed the Declaration of Independence. See, we call the Black Panther Party for self-defense radicals. We don't call George Washington radicals. We call them heroes mm-hmm. because they they fought against their oppressor while they were enslaving African people. Mm-hmm. 2017 is going to be a mother. Let's go ahead and get started. Not started already? <laughs> no, I haven't even started. <laughs> I, haven't even, I haven't even gotten to my topic yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, yeah. It's going to be a hot morning. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so. <laughs> all right, so. Happy New Year to everybody. This is Michael M. Hotel, founder of the African History Network. Okay, so that, <laughs> that's how we started off the show <laughs> this morning. <laughs> I'm working on putting the rest of it on. Uh, I'm working on putting the rest of it on Facebook, but that's how we started off the show this morning. <laughs> it was a pretty hot show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so those that listen to the show this morning, hey, thanks for tuning in. Uh, it's on Facebook Live. And I'm downloading some of it, putting it on YouTube. That clip is on YouTube. Uh, so if you go to our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, click on the uh, on the banner that says uh, watch our YouTube videos. Click there, and you can check that out, okay? All right, we'll be back in a few minutes. Listen to the Michael M. Hotep Show right here on the Empowerment Radio Network, where now is power. We'll be back in a few minutes. 
You know, got the pear trees faking like a dogwood. The thunderstorms in the springtime, it's all good. And rappers killing it in the club, but can we brag now? Not black lives just had to die to get a flag down. And my rap has helped the map of Southside Atlanta. Was just a cell for 50 years, marching Alabama. Was just a Columbus, Ohio, teaching little kids. South by Southwest and Austin, teaching sampling. At gynecologists, I do a lot of interviews. And I'm making some nice figures like a gym or two. And like Sandra Bland, my band be changing lanes without a signal at all. Now you want us to hang? You know some things are substantial, whether or not financial. And playing us with other stuff way up on the mantle. So don't try to adjust your radio, don't change your channel. We're taking down the glittery lights and just light a candle. Come on. He said, I don't see you at the club. I said, I don't see you at the bank. People gotta live their life and do their thing. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. He said, I'll see you at the club. I said, I'll see you at the bank. People gotta live their life and do their thing. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. He said, I'll see you at the club. I said, I'll see you at the bank. People gotta live their life and do their thing. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. Anybody checking for arrested development? Yeah. I'm seeing marriages dying just like miscarriages. We've been at it two zero years, changing the narrative. Father to my two kids, plus to add to my parenting. We took on a teen in a desperate need of a family. He was jacking cars and some other type of insanity. Playing the role that media says is his humanity. Blacks is getting smoked with police taking the tote. They hate it when we do stand up and yet they like a joke. Hey! The people losing hope to where most of them don't vote. And rappers turning to trap and dope. Really, these dope are trying not to become so. Someone I don't know Look into a mirror Is it friend or is it foe, foe Or is it boo foe? Should I swim or should I float Should I blend in within the scene That fits me most Should I live life and try to fight What I know What I know is that my real life Starts after the show He said I don't see you at the club I said I don't see you at the bank People gotta live their life And do their thing Let me live Let me breathe Let me be me He said I don't see you at the club I said, I don't see you at the bank. People gotta live their life and do their thing. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. Finally consoling from years of mine that was stolen. A sea of creativity coming just like an ocean. Welcome back to the Michael M. Hotep show right here on the Empowerment Radio Network with knowledge is power. Okay. All right. Uh, 888-669-2281. 888-669-2281. It's the call in number if you have a question or comment. Okay. So right before the break, we were talking about the uh, HBCU, the Talladega uh, marching band. People are commenting on YouTube. Uh, mean Joe Green on YouTube said, no, they should not perform right now. Petition is being circulated here in East Tennessee to get the University of Tennessee pride of the Southland marching band to cancel their scheduled uh, scheduled appearance there because they're performing also, as we said in the article. So people are commenting on the uh, uh, people are commenting on my um my youtube video okay about this and uh, we're broadcasting on twitter right now also so you can follow us on twitter the ahn show the ahn show on twitter 
and something's happening. It's not coming through. I don't know what the heck this is. Let me stop this broadcast on Twitter. Try this again. Um, let's try this again here on Twitter. Oh, it was live. It was working. Okay. It was a uh, black screen, so I didn't know what the heck was going on. All right, so let's try this again here. Just stand by. What the heck? Okay, Twitter isn't responding. No kidding. All right, we'll get that going again. Okay, so, uh, you know, we talked about um, Jefferson Borgard Sessions III. We talked about... Um, He's uh, Donald Trump's pick to be uh, attorney general, right? So there have been uh, a, some protests behind that, okay? And the NAACP has gotten involved with this. Uh, we know uh, earlier this week, um, members of, uh, we know Cornell William Brooks, uh, uh, national president of the NAACP, and um, some other members, they uh, went to the Alabama office of uh, Cornell William Brooks, I mean, uh, uh, of uh, Senator Jeff Sessions. They went to the Alabama office of Senator Jeff Sessions. Okay, there we go on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter, The AHN Show, The AHN Show on Twitter, or The Michael M. Hotep Show. You can watch us. Okay, so um, they went to um, uh, Senator Jeff Sessions' office in Alabama, and they held a sit-in, okay? Now, um, and there's an article, they talked about it this morning on News One Now with Roland Martin. There's also an article uh, from the Washington Post um, about this as well. And I'm um, trying to pull this up here. Just a second. So much news going on today. Um... And we're going to talk about Chicago here in a minute as well. So you, you, you had an article from um, January 3rd. More than 1,100 law school professors nationwide oppose Sessions' nomination as attorney general. Okay, more than 1,100 uh, law school professors nationwide oppose Senator Jeff Sessions' nomination as attorney general. You had an article from... Um, the root.com as well written by Kirsten West of uh, about uh, Senator Jeff Sessions also. Okay. And then you had a, um, you, you had a uh, big one from uh, the Washington post also. We'll pull that one up. Uh, we'll pull that one up from the Washington post here in just a minute. Okay. Well, th this morning uh, on news one now with Roland Martin, they talked about uh, all of this, and what's happening now is that you have people who are trying to create a civil rights past for Jeff Sessions, a past of fighting for civil rights. You have an effort to try to, to manufacture this, and it doesn't exist, okay? Um, let's go to this clip here from uh, News One Now with Roland Martin. From, uh, this morning. 
speaking of raising holy hell, you're seeing that already when it comes to the nomination of Senator Jeff Sessions from Alabama to be the next attorney general. The 70-year-old was praised for his extensive legal experience. And in fact, Sessions has touted himself as a champion of desegregation in Alabama. The little problem ain't much to back it up. In 2009 interview with the National Review, a session said he filed 20 to 30 civil rights cases to segregate schools, political organizations, and county commissions when he was a U.S. attorney in Alabama. Okay, got it. That's what he had to say. Uh, but the question is, where is the evidence? The Atlantic searched Alabama legal databases from 1981 through 1985 and 1995 and found no evidence Sessions ever filed school desegregation lawsuits. They also reviewed his 1986 confirmation hearing transcript when he was a U.S. district judge nominee and found no mention of his alleged desegregation efforts. Adam, you worked, uh, you went through all this, worked on this. Uh, expl explain this. I mean, so again, his supporters are saying, oh no, there's a record. You're saying, uh, don't exist. No, and, and in fact, it would have been extremely unusual for a U.S. attorney to be doing desegregation cases. Um, those cases are generally handled in the Civil Rights Division in Washington, D.C. Um, now, often what happens is, uh, when those cases are filed, the U.S. attorney's name will be on a filing for that area, and, and that's basically what happened. And in fact, the attorneys who worked on the cases that Sessions put forth, and there were very few, and, and most of them weren't school desegregation cases, said that he didn't work on those cases, that th that work was done by other people, um, and his name just happened to be on it because that was a sort of pro forma thing that, uh, that happens. So what is he doing here? <laughs> well, I think it's, uh, I mean, I, I think it's a very typical Trump strategy, which is to say something that may not be true, but just sort of insist it's true uh, until, you know, uh, his supporters believe it and repeat it uh, to the point at which, you know, people actually don't question it anymore. Uh, but there's, there's really no evidence that Jeff Sessions, and keep in mind, there were a lot of white men in Alabama at that time who were civil rights attorneys who, who played that role, but Jeff Sessions wasn't one of them. So is he omitting information from his um, approval process? Is he hiding things from us then? No, he's not. I, I mean, those cases are actually listed on his questionnaire, um, but I would say that the people who worked on them uh, argue that he is exaggerating his role in an effort to create a perception that it isn't correct. I think it's really interesting that if, after this campaign where Donald Trump dog whistled every racist around the world that he finally realizes he's going to have to clean up Jeff Sessions in order to get him confirmed and that he can't go forward with the reputation of being the racist who at some point said a lawyer who defended the black defendant might be a race traitor. He doesn't want that to be the perception, even though Donald Trump created this attitude, this atmosphere after the campaign or during the campaign. Um, Ralph, in this case here, look, at the end of the day, the attorney general is going to be the one responsible. Uh, you look at some of these uh, the police departments around the country. Uh, Dick, uh, Senator Dick Durbin said that Chicago is likely going to sign a deal before President Barack Obama leaves office uh, because they've had their police department investigated. Uh, when you look at uh, Ferguson, when you look at Baltimore, when you look at voting rights issues, when you look at uh, th these critical issues, when you look at school discipline uh, in these schools, this is a serious concern as to whether or not Jeff Sessions will actually care about these issues as Attorney General. Um, I, I feel like I'm on, in the movie Groundhog Day. 
Um, Jeff Sessions is going to get confirmed as the Attorney General of the United States. Period. End the discussion. It's going to happen. That's not in the discussion. Jeff no, no, no. It's, it's going to happen. No, no, no. no. And but, but, but if Senator Jeff Sessions says he did these things fighting, the, uh, fighting segregation, where's the evidence? The, well, the, what I saw was they said that it wasn't in, in the PACER system, it wasn't in these other electronic systems. No, 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 not they said. Adam's right there. Well, Adam, and if you know Alabama, <laughs> you know how backwards Alabama is, and most of the stuff down there isn't in their computer system. I don't Trust know if we me. really want to no, 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 no. How do we, how do we blame, blame Alabama instead of a liar? I want Adam to respond to that. that possibility. But the truth was is that the Alabama school systems, almost all of the schools, were already under desegregation orders uh, before Jeff Sessions even became an assistant attorney general. Uh, and some of the biggest uh, school desegregation cases in the country were actually dealt with in Alabama. You know, the, George Wallace was trying very hard to resist uh, you know, integration, and so the federal court system basically put almost the entirety of the state under desegregation orders. So it's not as though, it's not, it's not simply a matter of we can't find it, it's that there wouldn't have been any cases to file because those cases were already ongoing. And again, um, those cases were being handled out of the Civil Rights Division in Washington, D.C. They weren't being handled by individual U.S. attorneys uh, in those states. I also, I think... When Sounds we, pretty clear to me. <laughs> when we start to um, deter ourselves from talking about who's accountable and what should be presented, where's the information to just say, oh, Alabama is backwards, we're missing the opportunity to hold, again, our elected officials accountable. We're missing the opportunity to say our, attorney, our next attorney general might have came into this process unfair, has lied, and has not presented the information the way that he should present it in order for us to actually confirm it. And we're missing the opportunity to have truth be the basis of our decision making. Is that the true or false? It's simply, it's Ralph, is it that hard? Either you did it or you didn't. didn't. The fact that somebody can't find it doesn't mean that it's not there. The fact that a reporter and a series of reporters oh, can't find and it. And All right, we have to take a quick break. So Ralph Cheatham is a black Republican. Right there is automatically a contradiction. Right there is automatically a problem. And you see how we've played clips of Ralph before. He usually makes no sense whatsoever. Here's another case of that. So, <laughs> all right, when we come back, I'm going to share with you the clip again of me this morning on 9, 10 a.m., the Superstation with Steve Hood. And we asked the question, should um, HBCU Talladega uh, perform at the Donald Trump inauguration. You listen to the Michael M. Hotep show right here on the Empowerment Radio Network. We're now just power. We'll be back in a few minutes. Killing in the club, but can we brag now? Not black lives just had to die to get a flag down. And my rap is up the map of Southside Atlanta. Was just to sell my 50 years march in Alabama. Was just in Columbus, Ohio, teaching little kids. South by Southwest and Austin, teaching sampling. Hey! At gynecologists, I do a lot of interviews. And I'm making some nice figures like a gym or two. And like Sandra Bland, yeah! my band be changing lanes without a signal at all. Now you want us to hang? You know some things are substantial, whether or not financial. And playing us with the other stuck way up on the mantle, so don't try to adjust your radio, don't change your channel, we're taking down the glittery lights and just light a candle, come on, he said, I don't see you at the club, I said, I don't see you at the bank, people gotta live their life and do their thing, let me live, let me breathe, let me be me, he said, I 
don't see you at the club. I said, I don't see you at the bank. People gotta live their life and do their thing. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. He said, I don't see you at the club. I said, I don't see you at the bank. People gotta live their life and do their thing. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. Anybody checking for arrested development? Yeah. I'm seeing marriages dying just like miscarriages. We've been at it two zero years, changing the narrative. Father to my two kids, plus to add to my parenting. We took on a teen in a desperate need of a family. He was jacking cars and some other type of insanity. Playing the role that media says is his humanity. Blacks is getting smoked with police taking the tote. They hate it when we do stand up and yet they like a joke. Hey! The people losing hope to where most of them don't vote. And rappers turning to trap and dope. Willing these dope are trying not to become so. Someone I don't know Look into a mirror Is it friend or is it foe, foe Or is it boo foe? Should I swim or should I float Should I blend in within the scene That fits me most Should I live life and try to fight for what I know What I know is that my real life Starts after the show He said I don't see you at the club I said I don't see you at the bank People gotta live their life And do their thing Let me live, let me breathe Let me be me He said I don't see you at the club Welcome back to the Michael M. Hotep Show right here on the Empowerment Radio Network where knowledge is power. Hey, we want to let you know that uh, this is 2017, time to start the year off right in 2017. Start the year off right and invest in the future of your family with life insurance today. Invest in the future of your family with life insurance today, okay? Contact uh, Yolanda Spivey at the uh, M. Whitney uh, life insurance agency um, at the Whitney at the Whitney Insurance Agency, I should say two zero one eight eight zero seven one seven nine two zero one eight eight zero seven one seven nine. Also visit their website mwhitney.com mwhitney.com and also the Black Insurance Network.com the Black Insurance Network.com as well. All right, welcome back to the Michael M. Hotep Show right here. On the Empowerment Radio Network, where knowledge is power. Okay, and remember, all these shows are podcasted at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Okay, so right before the break, we were talking about um, Senator Jeff Sessions, and we know the NAACP was protesting uh, against Senator Jeff Sessions. They were at uh, his Alabama office uh, a couple of days ago. And they talked about uh, Jeff Sessions this morning on News One Now with Roland Martin because what's taking place now is that a history of fighting for civil rights, uh, fighting for civil rights by handling civil rights cases is being created for Jeff Sessions and it doesn't exist. So Washington Post had an article from two days ago, January 3rd, okay? Um, okay, now somebody say, yeah, it's not going to help, though. Uh, well, the sit-in, uh, uh, they, they may have more than one strategy. Uh, yeah, I know Dr. Boyce Watkins. I saw, I, I saw his Periscope uh, post. I sent him a text message because uh, uh, I sent him a text message to uh, make sure he didn't post that same article on my page. 
but uh, yeah, I saw I saw Dr. Boyce Watkins was banned. You were, you were, the 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 uh, article had the word "coon" in it, things like this. And if it has the word "coon," they'll take it down on Facebook. I, I don't think they should. I think it depends upon how it's used. This was a, a historical piece, so I think they should have left it up. But uh, this article here from Washington Post: Jeff Sessions says he handled these civil rights cases. He barely touched them. Jeff Sessions says he handled these civil rights cases. He barely touched them. Okay. Now, Attorney General nominee Jeff Sessions is trying to mislead his Senate colleagues uh, and the country into believing he is a champion of civil rights. So they're trying to repackage him to deceive people. This is the same guy who was uh, deemed too racist to be a federal judge back in 1986. He was nominated by Ronald Reagan. He was not confirmed uh, to be a federal judge because of past comments he made. And they, did, they basically deemed him two races to be a federal judge. We are, we are former Justice Department civil rights lawyers who worked on the civil rights cases that Senator Jeff Sessions cites as evidence for his claim. So we know the record isn't Sessions to burnish, B-U-R-N-I-S-H. We won't let the nominee misstate his civil rights history to get the job of the nation's chief law enforcement officer. So here you have uh, uh, attorneys, who civil rights attorneys, who worked on these cases that Jeff Sessions is claiming that he worked on. J. Gerald Herbert is director of the uh, J. Gerald Herbert is director of the Voting Rights and Redistricting Program at the Campaign Legal Center. Joseph D. Rich is co-director of the Fair Housing and Community Development Project at the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law. William Yamones, Yamones, Y. E. O. M. A. N. S is a fellow in law and government at American University's Washington College of Law. On election day, he worked as a voter protection legal volunteer for the Democratic Party of Virginia. Okay, so these are the three men who wrote this article. This is an, an opinion piece for um, the Washington Post. Now, in the questionnaire he filed recently with the Senate Judiciary Committee, Committee, Senator uh, Jeff Sessions, Republican from Alabama, listed four civil rights cases among the 10 most significant that he litigated personally, quote unquote, personally, as the U.S. attorney for Alabama during the 1980s. Three involved voting rights, while the fourth was a school desegregation case. Three of the cases involved voting rights, while the fourth was a school desegregation case. Following criticism for exaggerating his role, he then claimed that he provided, quote unquote, assistance and guidance on these cases. So first he got caught basically in a lie. Following criticism for exaggerating his role in these cases, he then claimed that he provided, quote unquote, assistance and guidance on the cases. Now, the article goes on to say, we worked in the Justice Department's Civil Rights Division, which brought those lawsuits. We handled three of the four cases ourselves. 
we can state categorically that Jeff Sessions had no substantive involvement in any of these cases. He did what any U.S. attorney would have to do. He signed his name on the complaint and we added his name on any motions or briefs. That's it. To understand why that was the sum total of Jeff Sessions' work, it helps to know that the Civil Rights Division in Washington, D.C., takes the lead in investigating and trying voting rights and school desegregation cases. Okay? The Civil Rights Division in Washington, D.C. takes the lead in investigating and trying voting rights and school desegregation cases. Now, division lawyers decide which cases to bring, where to, where to bring them, and the contours of the legal theory presented to the court. Okay, so check out the rest of this article. There's more. I don't have time to get through it. Jeff Sessions says he handled these civil rights cases. He barely touched them. Washington Post, January 3rd. Let's go back to this clip here from uh, this morning. News one now with Roland Martin. Martin. They're talking about how Jeff Sessions claims to have filed uh, 20 or 30 desegregation cases as Alabama U.S. attorney. After searching Alabama's legal database, Adam Serer, S-E-R-W-E-R, who writes for The Atlantic, The Atlantic Magazine, Atlantic.com, he told News One Now, there is no evidence Sessions filed desegregation cases. There's no evidence that Jeff Sessions filed desegregation cases. He got caught in another lie, basically. This is what's, this is what's happening. Let's go to this clip. The opportunity to have truth be the basis of our decision making. Is that the true or false? It's simply, Ralph, is it that hard? Either you did it or you didn't. The fact that somebody can't find it doesn't mean that it's not there. The fact that a reporter and a series of reporters oh can't God. find and it means that, said, it well, that, that it is possible. If it's not there, then he doesn't get to be attorney general. Let's get rid of him. Let's pick someone who actually has a record of the work that, that we they have verified to be over the government. Final thought, Adam, final thought on this. I have to emphasize that we asked them for the evidence that he filed these cases and they couldn't produce it. And I mean, if you're going to say I did something, it's actually on you. The burden of proof is actually on you. And again, we looked very hard for it. We asked around. I called lots of people in Alabama to try to find out what he might have been talking about. And just the historical record of someone doing this is just not there. The death Adam, of sir, truth. the Atlantic. We appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Kickstart your day at 7 and get the news you need from the perspective you want. News One Now with Roland Martin. Every weekday morning at 7 on TV One. All right, so be sure to set your DVR money through Friday, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, watch News One Now with Roland Martin. Uh, you can give us a call, 888-669-2281. 888-669-2281 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. 888-669-2281, okay? And uh, did you see Unsung last night? They did uh, Unsung on SWV. That was great. Uh, you know, I'm a big SWV fan. I have my SWV CD right here. This is from like 96, I think, this CD. Sisters with Voices, New Beginnings. This was their, I think this was, was this their third CD, New Beginnings, I think it was. I think it was the third and last CD. 
Um, so it was really good last night. They, you know, they show it in reruns, unsung on TV one. So catch that on, uh, SWV. All right. Okay. We're coming up, uh, here on a break. When we come back from the break, I want to get to this story, uh, dealing with, let me see. Uh, this, yeah, we'll, we'll go to this story dealing with, um, um, McKinney, Texas. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll go to that story quickly here. Uh, McKinney, Texas. Okay, you listen to the Michael M. Hotep show right here on the Empowerment Radio Network, where knowledge is power. Uh, you can give us a call, 888-669-2281. 888-669-2281 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. And uh, remember, all these shows are podcasted at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Uh, we have these shows podcasted there as well. Just click on the link, listen to podcasts of the Michael M. Hotep show right on the homepage. Okay. All right. We'll be back in a few minutes here. All right. Just a minute here. We're having uh, technical difficulties. We'll be back in just a minute. All right. So we're broadcasting on uh, Twitter. Uh, also on Twitter, the AHN show on Twitter and Michael Limhotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P on Twitter. Okay. All right, we'll be back in a few minutes. But I don't know if they're dancing a jig for the white man at this, or is this... Well, I didn't call it dancing a jig, but they're there to do I mean, what? They're there to do what? To perform, but every, right? But everybody's there to perform. But even yeah. the white bands that come are there to perform. Well, he's upholding white supremacy, though. He's, he, 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 he's saying we're going to make America great again. What period of time is he talking about going back to when America was so great? He was asked that question in, a, in an interview. He said uh, the uh, 1700s and 1800s, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So, see, what we at some point we have to realize just because something is good for them doesn't mean it's good for us. If you actually understand your history, at some point we have to realize that. Okay, so uh, no, they shouldn't go. You know what? 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 What is Donald Trump's uh, plan to fund HBCUs? I'll wait. And a deafening silence fell over the room. Donald Trump, I, I saw over 100 speeches by Donald Trump. But, they're the part of the, but most of them are part of the state college systems. No, 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 no. In the no, respective no, states. No, no, so how, no, no, how no, will no. we fund? I don't know. No, no. Hillary Clinton had a plan for, to fund HBCUs with $25 billion. It's on our website, HillaryClinton.com. I watched over 100 speeches by Donald Trump. I never, I never even heard him use the term HBCU. He didn't go to speak to any HBCUs. So before you go entertain somebody, the question I would ask is what plan do they have for your prosperity? What plan does he have to help fund HBCUs? I never heard him talk about it. Never heard him even mention the term HBCU. So, you know, in 2017, we have to be going along to get along is not going to be beneficial for African Americans because the agenda that's being set forth is not for you, is not for your prosperity. So why would you go along to get along? 
That doesn't make sense. See, we, we see in school we're taught to hold to uh, look at um, George Washington as a hero. Well, George Washington was labeled as a terrorist by Great Britain and King George III and those that signed the Declaration of Independence. See, we call the Black Panther Party for self-defense radicals. We don't call George Washington radicals. We call them heroes mm -hmm. because they they fought against their oppressor while they were enslaving African people. Mm -hmm. 2017 is going to be a mother. Let's go ahead and get started. All right. So that was uh, from this morning on uh, Steve Hood's show, Wake Up With Steve Hood, 9, 10 a.m., the Superstation. We have that clip on our YouTube channel. Visit AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com on the homepage. Click on the uh, banner, uh, listen, uh, watch YouTube videos. They're smart. <laughs> I don't be knowing what to say to y'all. I don't, you know. Got the pear trees faking like a dogwood. The thunderstorms in the springtime, it's all good. And rappers killing it in the club, but can we brag now? Not black lives just had to die to get a flag down. And my rappers helped the map of Southside Atlanta. Was just a Selma, 50 years marching Alabama. Was just a Columbus, Ohio teaching little kids. South by Southwest and Austin teaching sampling. At gynecologists, I do a lot of interviews. And I'm making some nice figures like a gym or two. And like Sandra Bland, my Bad, be changing lanes without a signal at all. Now you want us to hang? You know some things are substantial, whether we're not financial. And playing us with we'll the other stuff way up on the mantle. So don't try to adjust your radio, don't change your channel. We're taking down the glittery lights and just light a candle. Come on. He said, I don't see you at the club. I said, I don't see you at the bank. People gotta live their life and do their thing. Let me live, let me breathe. Let me Hey, welcome back to the Michael M. Hotep show right here on the Empowerment Radio Network where knowledge is power. Okay, um, we remember the story out of McKinney, Texas last year. And I think I wrote an article about this one. I kept wrote so many articles. I know we covered this here on the show. Okay. Uh, but McKinney, Texas is where it was in 2015. McKinney, Texas is where you had a pool party, right? And uh, you had an African-American teenage girl who was seen on video being assaulted by a white police officer. Now, he was the, really the only officer that was just out of control. His name was uh, his officer, Eric Casebolt. He was he's a former officer. Um, I think he resigned from uh, the force. But. She was uh, trying to leave the, uh, the Texas pool party in 2015. And she was assaulted by the officer. You see him uh, kneeling on her. She was laying on the ground. You see her kneeling. You see him kneeling on her. She was wearing a uh, bathing suit. I think she was about 15 years old at the time. Now, her name is Dejeria Becton. And she and her legal guardian, Shoshana Becton, have filed uh, a lawsuit against former officer Eric Casebolt for violating her civil rights and using excessive force saying that he held her without probable cause. She's suing for $5 million. We posted this on our fan page yesterday. It got like 5,000 likes. Now, according to uh, the lawsuit, Shoshana Becton said that, that she was invited to the pool party um, by a resident and was complying with the officer's demands before he assaulted her and... Um, Oh, I'm sorry. According to the lawsuit, Becton 
uh, it would be, it would be Jeria Becton, said that she was invited to the pool party by a resident and was complying with the officer's demands before he assaulted her and grabbed her by the hair. Okay, quote, the entire time, DB uh, should do nothing but cry, uh, 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 but cry out in pain and repeatedly beg for her mama as she endured the pain inflicted upon her by defendant Case Bolt's physical assault, uh, the lawsuit states. Now, McKinney, Texas officials have since responded to the lawsuit in a statement saying, quote, the city of McKinney denies the claims alleged against it and the McKinney Police Department and as such will vigorous, vigorously defend the recently filed lawsuit. McKinney prides itself in cultivating the highest standards of training and professionalism for our officers and it strongly believes that its standards and training will withstand legal challenge. Okay, so how do you explain this lone rogue cop? How do you explain this jackass here? Because he was he was now he was the only one who was really out of pocket. The the other officers, you see the other officers, you see them there. They're not acting like this guy. This guy's jumping, turning somersaults. This guy's out of control. You saw at one point, you saw one officer there talking to a group of African American uh, teenagers, male teenagers, and he's telling them, "Look, don't run." If you see, if you see the police coming, he, he tells them, "Don't run." And they're and they're standing there talking to him. He's not yelling. Their officer case boat comes up, tells one of them, "I told you, don't don't move. I told you, don't move." Something like that. He was, he was the only one really out of pocket. Just totally ridiculous. Okay, so we'll see what happens there. But like I said, in, in Texas, in, in situations like that, you have to have major economic boycotts taking place in those cities. Also, you got to have major economic boycotts also. OK. All right. Now, I'm trying to monitor something here because we're not coming through on tune in. And uh, Tony, if you're listening, there's no sound on tune in. So just a second here. Let me send a message. Okay. There's no sound on tune in. We were it was coming through, but there's no sound on tune in now. All right. I know the Washington Post had an article um about this also. Okay, we'll see if this comes through now. I know um, Washington Post had an article about this as well. All right, now, uh, I want to go to uh, this next story here. This next story is out of uh, Chicago. You know, we talked about Chicago a lot yesterday. Uh, And is dealing with uh, four teenagers who apparently kidnapped a disabled teen and uh, some are using the term torture, but they beat them. Uh, four teenagers face hate crimes. They were charged today with hate crimes. Four teenagers face hate crime, uh, aggravated kidnapping and other felony charges, other felony charges in connection with the torture and beating of a bound and gagged man in Chicago and these dumbasses broadcasted this on Facebook Live okay uh, 
Now, um, they're going to be charged, it looks like, to the fullest extent of the law, and they should be if, if, the, if all the allegations are true. Because this is just, I mean, this is just totally ridiculous. This makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Now, the 18-year-old suspects identified as Jordan Hill, Tesfaye Cooper, Brittany Covington, and Tanisha Covington were charged on Thursday today ahead of an, ahead of an afternoon bond hearing. Now, the chief of police, uh, Eddie Johnson, uh, um, superintendent of police, Eddie Johnson, he held a press conference today and gave some more details on this. We'll probably share that press conference with you tomorrow when we get the uh, audio of it. Now, the charges also include aggravated unlawful restraint and aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. Now, Chicago police spokesman Anthony uh, Guglimi uh, tweeted on Thursday morning that authorities were continuing to investigate the, quote, senseless attack. The attackers who are African-American were heard yelling anti-white epithets at various points throughout the 30-minute video, okay? Now, how stupid are you to do something like this and then broadcast it live on Facebook? It, it makes no sense, okay? Um, the unidentified 18-year-old victim described as having mental health challenges went to school with one of the attackers. It appears he went to school with one of the female attackers and may have willingly gone with the group, authorities said. His family in suburban Chicago first reported him missing late Monday. So this incident, so um, it, uh, uh, from the reports I'm hearing, he was able to break away. They had him bound and gag. He was able to break away, and this happened like Tuesday night. He was able to get away, okay? Uh, other possible motives for the attack have not been released at this point. This article here from um, NBC News was updated at 2.09 p.m. And I'm going to refresh because I know the previous update was. Uh, OK, so I just refreshed. So we have an update at 4.25 p.m. And because uh, this is a fluid story here. OK, so. uh so the unidentified 18 year old victim described as having mental health challenges, went to school with um, uh, one of the people, went to school with Jordan Hill. OK, so he went to school with the male Jordan Hill and had been had been willing uh, and had been willingly with him since Saturday, police said. OK, so he went to school with Jordan Hill uh, at some point in the press conference today, the. They said they weren't exactly sure whether they went to school recently with them or if this was two years ago, what have you. They added that the two had been known to hang out. So the victim's family in suburban Chicago only first reported him missing late Monday. OK, now officials said uh, that Jordan Hill and the victim got into an argument that was allegedly made worse by the two women who are sisters. OK. In total, it is believed he was tied up for four or five hours on Tuesday. Police do not believe the event was premeditated. Now, according to police, the suspects focus on the victim's mental capacity as well as as well as 
their statements about race is what led to the hate crime charges. Okay. Now the victim was traumatized by the violence as, as rightfully as anybody would, would be, and eventually spoke with police after he was located wandering around on a Chicago street Tuesday night, disheveled and in distress. He had to be hospitalized, officials said. Now, the reports uh, from the press conference today is that an officer saw this young man walking around on Chicago Street in the wintertime wearing a tank top and some shorts, if I remember correctly. Okay, and he was like, what's going on here? Okay, so the video which aired, which first aired Tuesday and was uploaded to YouTube. They broadcast they, they broadcast it live on Facebook Live and these dumbasses uploaded to YouTube also. The video shows the victim cowering in a corner as the group kicks and slaps him and cuts his hair until his scalp bleeds. Now the assailants can also uh be heard laughing, discussing drug use and yelling F Donald Trump and F white people. Now, Donald Trump and all these white supremacists who are going to hold a parade for Trump on February on January 20th during inauguration. I mean, I guarantee you on right wing radio, this is probably going to be the number one story. And then Donald Trump will talk about law and order. And this is Chicago. And these are the people. This is why you need to stop and frisk all type of nonsense like this. I mean, this is just totally ridiculous for a number of reasons. Now, we have to take a quick break. We'll be back in a few minutes. You listen to the Michael M. Hotep show right here on the Empowerment Radio Network, where knowledge is power. All right, we'll be back in a few minutes. How's everybody doing today? Here's some more of uh, the excerpt of my, uh, uh, of my segment this morning on um, Wake Up With Steve Hood, 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation. Not started already? No, I haven't even started. <laughs> I, didn't even, I haven't even gotten to my topic yet. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. It's gonna know. be a hot morning. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> all right. So, happy New Year, to everybody. This is Michael M. Hotel, founder of the African History Network. Um, you know, Steve. Last time I was on, we did not get a chance to talk about this topic. So, I want to make sure that we uh, cover it today, right? There was an article from December 18th, 2016 from the uh, New York Times, okay? And they talked about the history of the New York Life Insurance Company. The history of the New York Life Insurance Company and its ties to slavery. Now, in the past on this show, we've talked about some corporations that have tied to slavery. You talked about railroad companies, we talked about life insurance companies, banks, mm -hmm. things like this, right? Uh, this is an extensive article written by Rachel L. Swartz, and she did an excellent, excellent job with this, all right? So, now, let me say from the outset, this is not an attack on the New York Life Insurance Company. If you have an insurance policy with the New York Life Insurance Company, I'm not telling you to cancel it. I'm not telling you to cuss them out or anything like this, okay? I'm dealing, I'm dealing with history. What you do is up to you, all right? Mm -hmm. So the New York Life Insurance Company started out as the um, Nautilus Mutual Life Insurance Company in the spring of 1845. And uh, their first address was at 58 Wall Street in New York, Wall Street in New York, 
okay? Um, and the Board of Trustees was made up uh, by some of the city's wealthiest merchants, bankers, and railroad magnates, all right? Mm -hmm. Now, it, it just so people understand, when you study the history of New York, right, and the city of New York, mm -hmm. uh, New York used to be called New Amsterdam. Before it was a British colony, it was a Dutch colony called New Amsterdam. And the Dutch were bringing Africans uh, as slaves into uh, that colony in the 1620s. And they're going to force the enslaved African people to build a wall at the northern uh, portion of the colony. Okay, And that is where the Wall Street gets its name from, that wall that was built. Uh, is going to then become a uh, uh, a British colony called New York, okay? Because you had an old York in Britain, in England, mm -hmm. and this is New York, okay? This is where we get these names from, New England, Newark. is actually spelled Newark, but it, we pronounce it Newark, New Jersey, okay? Um, so, and the first commodity traded on Wall Street were African slaves. Okay, so... During 1845, we know that uh, slavery is, is in full effect. It's in, um, uh, it had been outlawed uh, in the state of New York in, 19, in 1827. You're still going to have it in, in, in uh, a few northern states, but you're going to have it in the south, okay? So when they start... All right, welcome back to the Michael M. Hotep Show right here on the Empowerment Radio Network, where knowledge is power. That was another excerpt of um, my segment this morning on Wake Up with Steve Hood, 9, 10 a.m. Superstation. We're going to put that on YouTube also, okay? So look out for that today. All right. Um, so right before the break, we were talking about uh, McKinney, Texas, and we we're talking about Chicago. In this crazy case out of Chicago of four African Americans who basically kidnapped this mentally disabled white male and were beating him, torturing him, etc. Uh, okay, who is this? Liz, Liz Abitti. She invited 701 people to watch the broadcast. Thank you. So, guys, everybody watching, share this broadcast on Twitter, on your own page. Invite your friends to tune in. Somebody just said hi. Hello to you also. And uh, I need to try to pull this up here on. Uh, <clears throat> need to try to catch some of these people sending posts so I can acknowledge you. We'll make, we'll make sure I get you acknowledged. We appreciate that. All right. So let me try to refresh the screen here. Okay, so Chicago, uh, the story out of Chicago is very disturbing. It's one of the top news stories today. You have four African-Americans arrested. Uh, Joy, thanks for inviting your followers. Uh, they were arrested today. They held an 18-year-old uh, white male, uh, basically hostage. Uh, uh, he, he, it appears he went along with them willingly, but at some point he became basically a prisoner, was, was tied up, bound and gagged, was beaten. Uh, the assailants could be heard in the 30-minute video. Uh, laughing, discussing drug use, and yelling F Donald Trump and F white people. Now, police confirmed the second video that showed the teen being forced to drink out of a toilet in a news conference. 
today. So I saw the news conference today. NBC News has not yet at the time of this article uh, updated about 430 today. NBC News has not verified the second video. Now, police, uh, Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson told reporters at the press. Uh, he told reporters on Wednesday yesterday, he said it's sickening. And um, also police have no evidence it was a politically motivated attack so far. Now, a question that was asked on, on, on MSNBC today is that do social media platforms have the responsibility to monitor content that's posted, things like this, all right? Now, a spokesperson for Facebook said uh, on Thursday that the original video was taken down because the social network does, quote, not allow people to celebrate or glorify crimes, end quote. They went on to say in many instances, though, when uh, people share the type of content, uh, they are doing so to condemn violence or, ra or raise awareness about it. In that case, the video would be allowed. OK, now at around the same time that police found the victim on the street, other officers responded to a, to a report of property damage and a struggle at a nearby address and found the four suspects. Police said that a downstairs neighbor made a noise complaint that led to the arrest. Various groups, including members of Black Lives Matter, have condemned the attack as barbaric as quote-unquote barbaric behavior and called for justice for the victim. And I agree this is barbaric behavior. It totally makes no sense. I want to hear from these four suspects. Why the hell did you do this? If, if all the reports are accurate, why the hell did you do this? This video of your ignorant ass is up here doing this also. So I, I just don't understand this. Reverend Jesse Jackson posted on Twitter today, he said this savage act of violence must be condemned so sick. You have other people who are responding to this also. One of Donald Trump's going to respond to this. Now, what's interesting is that you have some people trying to blame Black Lives Matter for this, however. Now, there was an article from uh, earlier today from uh, AtlantaBlackStar.com about this, right? And it's interesting how Black Lives Matter is just the go-to scapegoat for everything dealing with, you know, per things pertaining to African Americans, etc. It's just the go-to scapegoat. Um, we're going to pull this article. They have an article, Why Are White People Blaming Black Lives Matter for the Kidnapping Torture of a Mentally Disabled Man? And when has Black Lives Matter advocated for something like this in the first place? So Tanasia Kinney has an article today from uh, for AtlantaBlackStar.com. And in the article, it talks about four black Chicago teens are in police custody. After disturbing video of them forcibly restraining and torturing a mentally disabled white man was live streamed on Facebook Tuesday evening. Okay. Um, so, so we have the comments from, uh, 
Eddie Johnson, police superintendent, etc. Let me scroll down here. Excuse me. Now, Chicago police said they weren't made aware of the 30-minute video until Wednesday night. This was reported by Fox 32 News. Investigators said they believed the victim, who appeared to be in his late teens or early 20s, became acquainted with uh, Herring and her three friends in Streamwood in the Streamwood suburb on Tuesday, after which he was driven to the west side of Chicago in a stolen car. That's the other thing. They were in a stolen car as well. It's just all type. It's just just wrong all the way around. Just wrong all the way around. It's like what the hell were you thinking? Makes no damn sense whatsoever. They were in a stolen vehicle. Then they get. Then when you had a downstairs neighbor who hears all this commotion upstairs, they say they're going to call the police. Then the people come from downstairs, kicking the door from from reports I'm hearing, kicking the door downstairs. They get into an argument with the neighbor downstairs, and then at that point, that's when the guy has the presence of mind to run away. The guy who who's kidnapped, he that's when he gets away. Okay. So it's just, it just, just makes no sense, you know. Uh, so investigators said they believed the victim who appeared to be in his late teens or early 20s became acquainted with Herring and her three friends in the Streamwood suburb on Tuesday, after which he was driven to the west side of Chicago in a stolen car. Now, the disabled man was then believed to have been tortured and held against his will at an apartment on the 4300 block of West Lexington. The news uh, Fox 32 News reported he was held by the four teens for at least 24 hours before they let him go. Well, actually, he got away uh, from from the from the reports uh, today at the press conference. He actually got away. Now. Let me let me scroll down here just a second. Now, local activist Andrew Holmes called the video evidence of an apparent, quote unquote, hate crime. Uh, uh, he said, but the Chicago Police Department said uh, that while expletives about Trump and white Americans were heard throughout the footage, they don't believe the attack was politically motivated. Now, these four were charged with a hate crime today. Okay, uh, police superintendent Eddie Johnson said, I think some of some of it is just stupidity. People just ranting about something they think might make a headline. I don't think that at this point we have anything concrete to really point us in that direction, but we'll keep investigating and we'll let the facts guide us on how this concludes. Now, as news of the disturbing incident spread, white critics were quick to point the finger at Black Lives Matter, even though the social justice organization was never mentioned in the video. How did they just automatically conclude how they automatically point the finger at Black Lives Matter? Now, the hashtag BLM kidnapping soon took social media by storm, sparking widespread disdain from supporters of the social justice group. So they created a hashtag BLM kidnapping. How the hell if, if two if two African Americans are kidnapped? Well, let me give you an example. You had 
Members of a football team that assaulted an African-American male member of the team. He was mentally disabled and they stuck a, a coat hanger up his rectum. Nobody said these guys were members of the Ku Klux Klan. Nobody said these guys, these, these members of the team were members of the Ku Klux Klan. So how is it that you just automatically associate this with Black Lives Matter? It makes no sense. All right, we'll be back in a few minutes. Listen to the Michael M. Hotep show right here on the Empowerment Radio Network with Now's is Power. Hey, if you want to advertise with the African History Network, email us at customer service at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Customer service at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have, uh, we reach thousands of people on a daily basis with the podcast of our shows and uh, our email newsletter and our Facebook uh, live broadcast, etc. Uh, if you have a business, uh, if you um, have a service you provide, if you have an organization you want to promote, an upcoming event, email us at customer service at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, customer service at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Hey, well, it's the new year. It's 2017. It's time to start the year off right. Time to start the year off right and invest in the future of your family with life insurance today. You want to contact Yolanda Spivey of the Whitney Insurance Agency at 201-880-7179, 201-880-7179. You know, hip-hop artist Master P created a $250 million empire because his grandfather left him $10,000 from a life insurance policy. And he took this $10,000 and turned it into a $250 million empire, okay? Visit mwhitney.com today, mwhitney.com, or theblackinsurancenetwork.com, theblackinsurancenetwork.com. All right, we'll be back in a few minutes. Start this uh, Nautilus Mutual Life Insurance Company logged uh, in the state of New York in, 19, in 1827. You're still going to have it in... in a uh, few northern states, but you're going to have it in the south, okay? So when they start this uh, Nautilus Mutual Life Insurance Company, um, sales were sluggish the first year. So what the company did was, to, for growth, they turned to the south. They looked at the south. Now, in Richmond, Virginia, there was an enterprise in New York Life Insurance agent who sold more, sold more than 30 policies in a single day in February of 1846. Because of this, soon you're going to start having advertisements that began appearing in newspapers from Wilmington, North Carolina to Louisville, uh, Kentucky, uh, advertising uh, this New York-based company. And it encouraged Southerners to buy insurance policies to protect their most precious commodity, their slaves. So the reason why this was important is because prior to this, when you had, or prior to insurance companies doing this, when you, when you had uh, a slave that would die, then the, the, then the value of the slave was lost, okay? Um, the, the slaves alive were a, a white man's most prized assets, and Dr. Claude Anderson talks about this a lot in Black Labor, White Wealth. But when they were dead, they were virtually worthless. So life insurance did to change this equation and allow slave owners to recoup three-quarters of a slave's value in the event of their untimely death, 
All right. Now, prior to this, you're going to have three quarters of the value. Yeah, three quarters of the value. Yes. Yeah. And so they they take out insurance policy, pay the monthly premiums, things like this, whatever it was, quarterly, whatever it was, pay pay the premiums, and this helps them to recoup uh, money on their enslaved Africans. Okay. I know we're coming up on a break here, so we're going to continue this on the other side of the break. This is bothering me, especially with Trump's choice for SEC chair. Well, Mnuchin. And Oh, no, no, not Mnuchin. Uh, uh, he just announced this. He just announced it yesterday. Well, well, Trump is surrounding himself with millionaires and billionaires who game the system so they can continue to game the system. He's putting the fox in charge of the hen house. And some of these people he is appointing are opposed to the department that they're going to run. And I don't see how you can put a fox in charge of the hen house. Well, you have to Especially look at Donald Trump. When we, when we look at New York life, when we, when we get into this story, because yeah. I've read this story, sure. and... It is disturbing. Absolutely. Every time I see one of the commercials on TV, I'm disturbed now. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen, with Michael Imhotep. It's Radio Thursday. Okay, so that was another excerpt from this morning. We had a good show this morning, 9, 10 a.m., the Superstation. My Joy says my connection is going in and out. You may want to reboot your phone. You may want to restart your phone, Joy. And are you running off of the internet, off of your phone, or and not off your computer, or are you running off of Wi-Fi? How how is it how is it connected? Okay. All right. Hey, welcome back to the Michael M. Hotep Show right here on the Empowerment Radio Network, where knowledge is power. All right. Uh, so we're going up until the top of the hour, and then I have to get out of here. I have a lot of work to do, and it's really cold here in Detroit. Also, man, it's cold. I have to turn on the space heater. Okay, so we're talking about this crazy story out of Chicago, right? You know, we talked a lot. Go back and listen to the podcast yesterday. Uh, from uh, We talked about Chicago. We talked about the shootings in Chicago, 762 murders, uh, about 4,300 people shot in 2016 in Chicago. And we talked about the 60-minute segment they did this past Sunday, January uh, 1st. I think that was January 1st, Sunday. Okay, well, then you have this story that comes out today. Both the phone and the iPad are doing it. Okay, maybe it's because it's me on. That's why it's acting up, <laughs> you know. So, hey, all right. But you have uh, this crazy story of uh, four uh, people, three teenagers and one person, 24. Uh, Jordan Hill is 18, Tessa Faye Cooper, 18, Brittany Covington, 18, and her sister, Tanisha Covington, 24, okay? And they kidnapped this uh, white male who appears, uh, I think the white male is 18 years old. And uh, they hold him for, uh, he was held for about 24 hours. Uh, beaten, things like this. They record this on and broadcast it on Facebook Live. They also upload the video to YouTube as well. Excuse me. So just totally crazy. Makes no sense. But you have some white people blaming Black Lives Matter for this. Now, as news of the disturbing incident spread, white critics were quick to point the finger at Black Lives Matter, even though the social justice organization was never mentioned in the video. The hashtag BLM kidnapping soon took social media by storm, sparking widespread disdain from supporters of Black Lives Matter. 
Now, Noel E. Williams on, on Twitter said, doubtful I have anyone on my TL timeline stupid enough to endorse hashtag BLM kidnapping. But just in case, where is the documented connection? OK, you have somebody else goes by the name Pimp Stormtrooper. Uh, he said, hashtag BLM kidnapping is really about the white supremacists starting a narrative that will allow them to be found standing over dead black, uh, over dead black, part of dead black bodies. Coco the Crusader on Twitter said, hashtag BLM kidnapping. This was clearly a hate crime, but blaming Black Lives Matter for the crimes of a few is hypocritical when your motto is not all cops are racist. Okay, now that's a damn good point. <laughs> All right, let me see. Let me give a heart to that one. I'm gonna follow Coco. All right, that was a that was uh, she's correct. All right, now Corey Williams on Twitter said hashtag BLM kidnapping. This is not BLM Black Lives Matter. Be careful with your associations, people. It is undoubted, undoubtedly a hate crime with racist, coward perpetrators. Uh, so you have a lot of comments uh, about that as well. Now, okay, so check out that article from AtlantaBlackStar.com. Oh, okay, and uh, my man, they've got uh, an excerpt of the press conference here also. Now caught on camera, police in Chicago have arrested four people in connection to a brutal assault streamed live on Facebook. The video shows the suspects kicking, punching, and yelling at the man with mental health challenges while holding him hostage inside an apartment. We want to warn you, you may find this video disturbing. Audrina Vegas from our sister station in Chicago has the story. Backed into a corner, the 18-year-old's mouth is duct taped, and in this 30-minute video, the suspects cut the man's sleeves on his sweatshirt. His hair is cut with a knife until his scalp bleeds. Later, his head is peppered with cigarette ashes. Have you seen the video? It's, it's, it's sickening. It's sickening. You know, it makes you wonder what would make individuals treat somebody like that. During the video, you hear talk about Donald Trump and white people. Donald Trump! White people, boy! Police say the torturing happened in an apartment here near Homan in Lexington on Chicago's west side. He is an acquaintance of one of these subjects, and uh, apparently they met out in the suburbs. Um, these subjects then stole a van out in the suburbs and brought him into Chicago. Police say he may have been held hostage for 24 to 48 hours. Then on Tuesday... They eventually just took his... Uh, unbound him and, and let him go, yeah. Officers spotted him walking on the street near the apartment. It didn't seem right, the situation. They saw that clearly that this individual was in distress and he was in crisis. It makes you sick to the stomach. Community activist Andrew Holmes got a hold of the video and filed a report with police. I don't want them to get a slap on the wrist and be put back out here on the streets because, you know, it's just a saying that this is a joke. That was Audrina Vigas reporting. That man is reportedly out of the hospital this morning. Investigators say they are looking into whether or not this will be considered a hate crime. Okay, so that was, it appears that was before the big press conference today because more information came out this afternoon, the press conference. You can probably watch some of it at msnbc.com, all right? So check out this article from AtlantaBlackStar.com. This is a very fluid story. Uh... Let's see. Why are white people blaming BLM, Black Lives Matter, for kidnapping, 
torture of mentally disabled man. We're going to post this on our Twitter page also. You can share this as well. Um, and okay, we're going to post this right now on Twitter. Okay, so last night on uh, MSNBC on on uh, the Rachel Maddow show, okay, they they did a they did a story about people protesting against uh, Donald Trump. Okay, very very good segment. Um, and they reference indivisible, indivisible. Okay. And indivisible is a booklet, a document. Okay. That, uh, takes the tea party strategies and is using them to fight against Donald Trump. All right. Let's go to this clip here. There is a lot of interest in covering this kind of groundswell organizing. So great job today. Effective. Yeah. Read Indivisible. It really works. Read Indivisible. It really works. What is Indivisible? This is Indivisible. This is kind of, I think, the, it's kind of the secret sauce that explains what is bubbling up as what may be the start of the anti-Trump movement. It's called indivisible. And you should know this is out there because if there is going to be an anti-Trump movement in this country, particularly one akin to the kind of anti-Obama movement that afflicted the last presidency at the outset of their time in Washington, if there is going to be an anti-Trump movement, I think right now this is going to explain a lot about what its early stages looked like over these next couple of weeks. This started as an online Google document uh, last month. It has now evolved into this uh, slim little 25-page organizing guide. It's not a complicated thing. Uh, it was written, interestingly, by former congressional staffers, basically advising people all around the country who are anti-Trump for whatever reason that they should learn from the tactical success of the Tea Party as they went up against Barack Obama. I'm going to quote from the guide here. The authors of this guide are former congressional staffers who witnessed the rise of the Tea Party. We saw these activists take on a popular president with a mandate for change and a supermajority in Congress. We saw them organize locally and convince their own members of Congress to reject President Obama's agenda. Their ideas were wrong, cruel, and tinged with racism, and they won. So the reason I'm talking about this tonight, the reason we're going to talk about one of the authors of this guide in just a moment is because this... This has not really been cooking openly, right, in the, in the Beltway media and on cable TV news and on places we usually look for news about politics. It has really been cooking online where it has taken off. It has already led to hundreds of local groups being registered online around this idea and springing up all over the country. I think that's in part because this is very practical. It makes the whole idea very easy. There's, for example, this is a sample call script for what you should say, how you should expect it to go when you call the office of your member of Congress to complain about something. I mean, There's very, very practical information. Should I bring a sign to my member of Congress's town hall event? Should I bring a sign? Answer. It's kind of a blunt answer. Signs can be useful for reinforcing the sense of broad agreement with your message. However, if you are holding an oppositional sign, staffers will almost certainly not give you the chance to get the mic and ask a question. 
All right, we're going to pause it right there. We're going to uh, wrap up on the other side of the break. You listen to the Michael M. Hotep show right here on the Palmet Radio Network. So it, you have about 350 organizations that have popped up, oppositional organizations of Donald Trump. They've popped up since, no, basically since November 8th. And they're using this document here to organize and strategize and fight back against Donald Trump. Organize, strategize, fight back against Donald Trump. All right, you listen to the Michael M. Hotep show right here on the Empowerment Radio Network with Knowledge is Power. We'll be back in a few minutes here. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they're dancing a jig for the white man at this, or is this... Well, I didn't call it dancing a jig, but they're there to do I mean, what? They're there to do what? To perform, but every, right? But everybody's there to perform, but even yeah. the white bands that come are there to perform. Well, he's upholding white supremacy, though. He's he he he's saying we're gonna make America great again. What period of time is he talking about going back to when America was so great? He was asked that question in a, in an interview. He said uh, the uh, 1700s and 1800s, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> see, what we at some point we have to realize just because something is good for them doesn't mean it's good for us. If you actually understand your history, at some point we have to realize that. Okay, so uh, no, they shouldn't go. You know what? 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 What is Donald Trump's uh, plan to fund HBCUs? I'll wait. And a deafening silence fell over the room. Donald Trump. I, I saw over one hundred speeches by Donald Trump. But they're the part of the, But most of them are part of the state college systems. No, 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 no. In no, respective no, no, states. No, no, so how? No, no, how no, will no. we fund? I don't know. No, no. no. Hillary Clinton had a plan. To fund HBCUs with $25 billion. It's on our website, HillaryClinton.com. I watched over 100 speeches by Donald Trump. I never, e- I never even heard him use the term HBCU. He didn't go to speak to any HBCUs. So before you go entertain somebody, the question I would ask is what plan do they have for your prosperity? What plan does he have to help fund HBCUs? Talk about it. Never heard him even mention the term HBCU. So you know, in 2017, we have to be going along to get along is not going to be beneficial for African Americans because the agenda that's being set forth is not for you is not for your prosperity. So why would you go along to get along? That doesn't make sense. See, we we see in school we're taught to hold to uh, look at uh, George Washington as a hero. Well, George Washington was labeled as a terrorist by Great Britain and King George the Third and those that signed the Declaration of Independence. See, we call the Black Panther Party for self-defense radicals. We don't call George Washington radicals. We call them heroes mm-hmm. because they they lost their oppressor while they were enslaving African people. Mm-hmm. Twenty seventeen is going to be a mother. Let's go ahead and get started. You're not started already? <laughs> no, I haven't even started. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Hey, welcome back to the Michael M. Hotep Show. Right here on the Empowerment Radio Network, where now is power. Last segment of the show. Remember, all these shows are podcasted at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. All these shows are podcasted there. Okay. All right. Um, so I, I want to go. Let's go back to this clip here. This is very, very important. This is from last night. Um, Rachel Maddow show MSNBC. Okay. And they talked about a document called Indivisible, Indivisible, okay? 
Now, while African Americans are calling in to radio stations, complaining about Donald Trump yelling and screaming, things like this, you have a lot of white people who are really organizing and strategizing. And there's some African Americans, you know, organizing. We have the NAACP, things like this. And, and some people were criticizing the NAACP about, uh, uh, about the sit-in. I know there was an article from um, AtlantaBlackStar.com today saying that the NAACP, um, something to the effect that they're bringing a knife to a gunfight, okay, by having a sit-in. Uh, but it could be part of a larger strategy. So I'm not going to condemn them, anything like that. My thing would be, my, what I would say is if you have a better strategy, go ahead and implement it. Because oftentimes the people who are doing the criticizing of people who are doing something, oftentimes the people doing the criticizing aren't doing a damn thing at all, period. Except just running their mouths. So I would say if you have a better strategy, go ahead and implement it. Okay, but I'm not going to condemn the NAACP for what they did and they got arrested. Now, they got arrested. It was mainly white officers. They're in Alabama. They weren't in Washington, D.C. They were in Alabama, and they got arrested. It looked like it, it appeared to be state troopers. I think it was state troopers. That that could have easily gone, you know, the wrong way. But uh, AtlantaBlackStar.com has this article, NAACP brings a knife to a gunfight. Sit-in protests in Jeff Sessions' office illustrates glaring need for new tactics. Okay. So this could be a broader strategy, but the day before this, okay, so this took place Tuesday, January 3rd. The incident, what they did Tuesday, January 3rd has caused a new focus to be put on Jeff Sessions and all these subsequent articles to be written about this and people to really focus on Jeff Sessions and his past because his confirmation hearing starts next Monday. So the people who say, oh, well, they need new tactics and they should do this and do that. Go ahead and do it. The NAACP staged a sit-in Tuesday, January 3rd, in Mobile, Alabama, in the Mobile, Alabama office of Senator Jeff Sessions, Attorney General nominee and U.S. Senator, right? After, after a few hours, the group of six was arrested, including that, uh, NAACP President Cornell uh, Williams Brooks, and I've interviewed him twice before we have uh, one of those interviews on YouTube <clears throat> and they now face charges of criminal trespass in the second degree. The stated goal of the sit-in was to force the senator to be withdrawn as the nominee for attorney general. The confirmation hearings have been scheduled for January 10th and January 11th, right? Okay, so that's next uh, 10th and 11th. That's next Tuesday, next Tuesday and Wednesday, confirmation hearings. There is absolutely no expectation that this action will in any way delay th those proceedings. Now, the expression, quote, don't bring a knife to a gunfight, end quote, may be appropriate to describe the NAACP sit-in in Sessions' office. As we enter the dawn of an extreme right-wing proto-fascist era in our government, it must be asked if, there, if these are still our best tactics in a war against those uh, desirous of oppressing black people showing moral outrage in hopes of winning change from a government apparatus that was elected to take back quote unquote their country 
may expose us further as a powerless people. The poignancy of nonviolent civil disobedience, which choreographed arrests with choreographed arrests have been a part of the arsenal of social justice and liberation movements, probably since the inception of resistance movements within the history within the history of black oppression. In the United States, shaming one's enemy has been a somewhat viable tactic from the 60s civil rights movement employed particularly by Dr. King and others during a time when television was a breakthrough medium that thrived on visual images. It was the social media of its day transporting pictures around uh, the world of America's brutality towards its so-called quote-unquote Negro citizens. Even while claiming to be the standard bearer of human rights and, de and democratic governance. This cognitive dissonance could not easily be explained to the rest of the world, particularly when there were other spheres of influences or alternative narratives of what made up of what made up a fair and equal society. The fear of losing access to markets, resources and power caused a slight shift in the U.S. in how to enforce its uh, uh, hegemonic uh, aspirations dealing with hegemony okay um, a battle of elites took place much like the Civil War where retaining overall power meant losing overt signs of discrimination this tactic of civil disobedience worked in winning some capitulation of the most obvious symbols of white supremacy overt laws that discriminated were stricken down over time okay alright so you could read uh you could read the rest of this article, but uh you know the article goes on to talk about um these days the NAACP outside of the North Carolina based Moral Mondays protest is having trouble moving its membership base. That's why the picture of several committed activists, but not several hundred, looked a little sad. Uh, during this time period, can the NAACP or any other group for that matter shift focus and mobilize its membership base for mass civil disobedience or mobilize its funding base to create alternative institutions that are black controlled and financed to provide a model for others to follow? There uh, clearly is some value in calling attention to the fact that Jeff Sessions is a racist and hoping that a media backlash will scare his fellow senators into not confirming him. But there seemingly would be greater value in developing alternative institutions like new schools or private arbitration courts controlled by black people that lead to new ways of confronting old enemies. OK, um, so, all right. Okay, just a second here. Okay, so uh, I'm not sure what that has to do with trying to stop Jeff Sessions from being confirmed as Attorney General. Okay, but you know, I would say if you have better strategies, go ahead and implement them. But I'm not willing to condemn the NAACP because this could be the first part of a multi step strategy so I'm not just willing to condemn them and next time there may be a hundred people that show up because this right here can galvanize more people and draw attention to the issue so they can educate people on Jeff Sessions 
and the gravity of this situation. So next time, it's 100 people that show up to his office. Okay. All right. So I want to go back to this clip here from uh, MSNBC last night, the Rachel Maddow show. What is indivisible? They're talking about how people are organizing to fight back against Donald Trump. Okay, and indivisible is an online organizing guide written by former congressional staffers with advice for the anti-Trump grassroots on how best to influence members of Congress. Extremely important. Not calling in the radio shows crying. But call members of Congress because they are to the counter to Donald Trump and they are elected. And the worst thing that could happen to them is they lose their jobs. OK, how best to influence members of Congress to prevent Trump from enacting his agenda. And it was calls that members of Congress got on. It was either Monday or Tuesday that caused them not to. Uh, gut the ethics board. They got, they were overwhelmed with phone calls from constituents that were outraged at what they were planning on doing. Let's go back to this. It makes the whole idea very easy. There's, for example, this is a sample call script for what you should say, how you should expect it to go when you call the office of your member of Congress to complain about something. There's very, very practical information. Should I bring a sign to my member of Congress's town hall event? Should I bring a sign? Answer. It's kind of a blunt answer. Signs can be useful for reinforcing the sense of broad agreement with your message. However, if you are holding an oppositional sign, staffers will almost certainly not give you the chance to get the mic and ask a question. Right. And then this. If you have enough people to both ask questions and hold signs, though, you should go for it. <laughs> or this. A practical question. Help. My members of Congress are actually pretty good. The answer to that is, in part, congratulations, but also this. Do not switch to targeting other members of Congress who don't represent you. They don't represent you, and they don't care what you have to say. Did I mention this is written by former congressional staffers who know of what they speak, who know how members of Congress react to all sorts of various stimuli? All right. Very, very important piece. Check that out. MSNBC.com. We're about to get out of here. MSNBC.com. That clip is called What is the Indivisible Guide? What is the Indivisible Guide? There are other subsequent clips from that segment as well. We have to organize. And also there's an app uh, to there's also an app uh, that is has businesses. It's an app that uh, tells you businesses that Donald Trump is part owner of or has investments in because a lot of people are boycotting uh, Donald Trump's uh, investments. OK. And businesses that he owns a stake in. All right. So um, I know I saw some articles about this and uh, there was an article from AtlantaBlackStar.com. Uh, Huffington Post had one also. The article from AtlantaBlackStar.com is called uh, There's an App to Help You Boycott Businesses Affiliated with Trump. There's an app to help you boycott businesses affiliated with Trump. The name of the app is called Boycott Trump. Boycott Trump. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. It's a free app. Boycott Trump. 
You can download that app, and uh, uh, it's a free app. It says, according to the app's description, boycott Trump, uh, not to be confused with another 99-cent app of the same name for Android, gives users the chance to glimpse uh, more than 250 individuals and companies to review their immediate connections to President-elect Donald Trump. Check out this article also. This is from November 28, 2016, AtlantaBlackStar.com. Hey, we got to get out of here. Uh, hey, visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have a wide selection of DVDs there. All 30 of my DVD presentations are there also. And if you like the information we share, you can donate to the African History Network. It helps us stay on the air, keep broadcasting, keep doing the research, paying the bills. Uh, click on the yellow Donate button on our homepage, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. And um, on the homepage, um, and, uh, at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Hey, remember on the Michael M. Hotep show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. I'll see you at the bank. People gotta live their life and do their thing. Let me live, let me breathe, let me breathe, breathe. Let me live, let me breathe.